Oh, welcome. How's everybody doing today? Good, 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 good. I hope you guys have a great weekend um, remembering all of those who have fought for us and who have passed on our behalf for our freedoms. Uh, I do want to pray for those families um, that have served our country. And so let's just bow for a word of prayer as we get started uh, today. God, we just thank you so much for uh, the sacrifices of the men and women who uh, have literally laid it all on the line for us, for our freedom, so that we can so comfortably come and uh, share your word and the freedoms that we receive every day. God, I just pray for them. Uh, bring comfort to their hearts. Strengthen them. God, I just ask that you would be king in their lives, Lord. And we don't forget, we do not forget the sacrifices that uh, so many have made on our behalf. And so, God, today we say thank you, and we pray for them. We lift them up to you, Father. And as we, uh, we don't just celebrate Memorial Day weekend, we remember uh, those who um, have paid the ultimate price for us. God, we, uh, we thank you for that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you to LifePoint Fellowship Church. My name is Alex Velarde. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're following us online, whether it's our Facebook page or our YouTube channel, welcome, welcome, welcome here in person, the same thing. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I'm super thrilled to get into God's Word with you today. We're going to be looking at a story of a guy that we find along the side of the road named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. And uh, it's, a, it's a story that I believe it's so captivating because we see a blind man who has been kind of pushed aside by society. This guy has been passed by, like on the other side of the road, many, many, many different times. And perhaps you have found yourself in the same place before. Maybe some opportunity has passed you by. And um, maybe some relationship has moved on without you. You wanted to hang on to that relationship and they just didn't, you know, really didn't care, you know, they just moved on. Maybe some family members have shown some sort of favoritism uh, and have overlooked you. Maybe you've missed the numbers and uh, the promotion, you didn't quite get the promotion, the bonus went to someone else, um, they gave the raise to someone else, and uh, maybe there are times in your life when you felt a little bit like a beat-up object, like like you're in damaged goods, right? Like you're just sitting there and just like, man, what am I doing? And uh, I don't know if like, have you ever gone to the grocery store and you go to grab a loaf of bread and it's been crushed and it's like you look somewhere else, maybe a can of corn and it's been badly dented and it's like, what do you do? You reach, behind, you put it to the side, you reach behind. Maybe you can relate a little bit because that's what this guy is probably feeling like. He was blind, could not see and in that culture, many opportunities went by and passed them by and he didn't feel like he was just sitting there and people would just go by continuing to, to do great things and he just felt like he was just you know just not getting anywhere in life and so my goal today is this here's what I've been praying this week as, I, as, as I've been studying Mark chapter 10 is, is this is my heart here's my goal is that you would find out from God's word today that you are exactly where you need to be to be someone special, to do something special. We often look somewhere else. We often look 
you know, to other people, you know, what they're doing, what everybody else is, you know, and, and you know, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on social media, on Facebook, and we don't, we miss out the opportunities that are passing us by, okay? And my heart today is that you would, you would get a glimpse for just a few minutes that you are exactly where God wants you to be, to do what He has set out for you to do. And that's hard sometimes to, to figure out um, because we, we have those feelings of like, you know, we don't feel satisfied. We feel like, man, we, we, could, we could do more and all of those things. And so we're going to begin. So Mark chapter 10, verse 46, the verses will be on the screen. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says this, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, let me tell you what's going on for just a moment. God the Father is redirecting Jesus' steps. Okay? So it says that they're leaving Jericho. Okay? So Jesus is actually headed to Jerusalem. He's going to celebrate the Passover. This is the last Passover, also known as the, the Last Supper. It's the last dinner that Jesus is going to have with, with his disciples before he's betrayed by Judas, by one of his own. And he is, he's on a mission, right? Like he's going to be having the Last Supper. He's going to be betrayed. They're going to arrest him, falsely accuse him, beat him up, end up on a cross and die for humanity. Now, none of this was a surprise to Jesus. Like he was born to die. Like that was his mission. And you, you could say that this was the pinnacle. There was, this was, this was, there was nothing greater. Like this is it. And he is on his way to Jerusalem. And God redirects his steps. One of his steps. Similar to when you're, um, like what a GPS does. I was on the road the other day and uh, I'm, I'm directionally challenged, so usually I have to, other than to get to church and my house, I need, I need like a, my GPS like everywhere, you know. And so I was on 20, and I had the direction set, and the GPS basically, it said, uh, unexpected traffic ahead. Now, apparently there was a, an accident, and immediately it gave, me, it gave me a different option to go a different way, okay, because it was a huge, huge traffic ahead of me. God will often do that. He will, he will redirect your steps. He'll say, look, you're going in this direction, but there's, there's trouble ahead. Let me give you a couple of other options. And if you're careful, and if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you will, you will take those options, okay? In uh, Proverbs 16, 9, I love that verse. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps, Right? Like we come up with the plan, right? Like we say, okay, Lord, this is what I want to do. Like where there's no vision, the people perish, the Bible says. So we come up with our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And God the Father basically is going to redirect one of Jesus' steps. Look at verse 46 one more time. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving the city, heading to Jerusalem, they were leaving Jericho, a blind man, a blind man, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, I want to stop there for a second because it is fascinating to me. Many times in the course of history, especially in old classical Greek books, like the ancient times, ancient books, if you were, if you were a beggar, 
If you were blind, if you were lame, if you have any sort of physical deformity, in that culture, you were known as that. You were just simply known by that deformity, that physical defect, like whatever it is. Like they, they say, okay, here comes a blind man. You, they would not describe you. They would not mention you by name. Here comes a leper. Or stay away from the lepers. In fact, lepers were supposed to yell, leper, leper. Okay, like that's what they were supposed to do. But I love, I love when, when you look at scripture, I love that we see that God names his blind man who's begging. Okay, like God like mentions him by name. Our God is so beyond culture. Like that's that's one thing that when I read scripture, if you if you read scripture in light of culture and time, you, what you're going to learn is that God is so far ahead of our time. Okay, and so this culture says this guy is just damaged goods. He was born blind, right? Like he's blind. He's no good. Like he's that that can of corn that you just put to the side. But God doesn't look at life, your life, through the eyes of our culture or our time, he looks at things a little bit differently. And so the Bible basically calls him by name, even though he's dealing with the physical, he can't see, he's blind, and calls him by name, records his name for eternity. And 2,000 plus years later, we know his name. What's his name? Tell me his name. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. That culture... He's no good, damaged goods. I wonder if those parents, when they found out they were pregnant with him, I wonder if they had some dreams and aspirations. If, you had, if you've had kids, you know, when you first find out that you're pregnant, you're like, man, you dream like what their names are going to be, what they're going to do in life, and you have, you know, future hopes of what they're going to do. And um, I wonder if when he was born, if when they found out he was blind, I wonder if all of a sudden, because of the pressure of the culture, they were tempted to think, oh, he's just damaged goods. He'll never be what we fully intended for him to be. He'll never be what we hoped that one day he would become, what we dreamed he would become. He, and I wonder if through life he felt like a, a disappointment, like he just disappointed others. And I don't know if you can relate to this. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Maybe you felt like you've disappointed your parents or a friend or a distant relative or a coworker, your spouse, and you, you find yourself kind of having a little bit of a hard time finding your value because you, when you, you know, some of you are perfectionists and you don't meet the standard, you kind of get a little bit down on yourself. And at times we find, we try to find value in other things, right? Like, like, in positions, right? Man, if I was the VP, like, man, if I get there, like, sometimes for some reason, like, a, like we, we think that a combination of two or three letters after our name is going to do it, right? Like, if I was the CEO, or if I was the VP, or if I was an, like, M-O-M, if I could just arrive there, if I was that, then everything would be good. If I, if I was, an, like, an MD, or MRS, if I, could, if I was married, if I was that person, and we think that immediately if we arrive there, we're going to all of a sudden have value of some sort. And here's what, I'm, what I wrote down on my notes as I was studying. And it may seem simple, but I want you to get a hold of this. You have a name. You know that? You don't need a title. 
you have a, a name. And if you're in Christ, the Bible says that your name is written down where? In the book of life. And it's not like some sort of fable. It's not some sort of made-up story. It's something like somebody heard it and somebody's telling it. No, no. Like your name. Like when you go to the rest, a restaurant and they ask for your name, right? Or you, like if you've ever been to like, like you, you, you know, you're going on a date with your spouse and you make a reservation. They, they take your name and, and like what do they do? They write it down and then you show up and you give them your name. And then maybe there's a little bit of a waiting period. And then what do they do? They call you by name in the same way. Your rest, if you are in Christ, the Bible says that you've made a reservation in heaven. And you will, you will be called by name. Your name is, is written in the book of life. You don't need a title. Jesus said, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. If you back up. John 10, 3, just a few verses before that. The Bible says he calls his own sheep by name revelation 3 5 says i will never erase their names from the book of life katie was asking me the other day what if you give your life to christ and and then you stop believing later on in life and i said well i personally i said one of two things could happen either the first time it wasn't a real deal okay or secondly like, they're still a Christian. They're just struggling in life. Because it's not based on what you've done. It's based on what Christ has done. And so here, it's very clear to me. Jesus says, I will never erase their names. If you truly give your life to Christ, there's nothing. Even if suicide is the last thing that you do on planet Earth, I believe with all of my heart that it's not what you've done for Christ. It's what he has done for you. And if you've accepted him by faith, your name is written down. And nobody can take that away from you. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and His angels that they are mine. You have a name. You don't need a title. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Let me illustrate it. Let me illustrate the significance of this. This is important. I don't want you to miss it. The value of an object is deemed by what, by, by what someone is willing to pay. You may be willing to pay 39 cents. I don't know how much a, water, a bottle of water is. If you go to Walmart, maybe buy them in bulk, maybe a little bit cheaper. You may be willing to pay 39 cents for a bottle of water. If you're thirsty, you may be willing to pay $2 for it, Right? If you're at a theme park and uh, you've been walking all day long and it's hot and humid, if you're like me, you've paid $4 for a bottle of water. If your kid is dehydrated and there's no water to be found, you'd be willing to pay a lot more, right? You were worth the price of God's only son. Think about that. Think about the, do you get, do you understand the significance? Do you recognize your value? You have a name. The name that your parents gave you, if, you've, if you're in Christ, they're written down in the book of life, and nobody can take that away from you. Your significance doesn't come from a title, from the world. Um, 
It doesn't come from your lack or your gifts, your strengths. Look in verse 47. When Bar- Bartimaeus heard what it was, what, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I want to kind of sort of slow down here because this is really important. And it is an important piece in our story. It says, when he, what's the third word? Help me out. When he what? Heard. He was blind. That's all he could do. Imagine. You know, you could not see. You could not experience the miracles. You could not experience what, what he was doing. You could not see what he looked like. All he could do was hear. And, and the Bible says that when he heard, that was enough for him. Bartimaeus, that he could not see, but he could hear, and he acted on that. And I, I love that. Amanda, a couple of weeks ago, she said, don't limit a limitless God. Because often in life what we do is we, we focus on the I can't or I don't have or I can't do or this or that. And, you know, I wish uh, or maybe one day. Bartimaeus couldn't see. He could only hear. But that was enough for him. And he heard Jesus coming. <laughs> is, that, is that him? I think it's him. And he says, Jesus, son of David, he knows. All he's able, being able to do is hear this man who potentially is, could be the Messiah, who could potentially be the Savior. He's never seen the miracles. He's never seen how he can heal. But he's heard the stories. And that's enough for him. And so he's, he's shouting. <laughs> I love it. He heard. And he began to shout. Now, how does this apply to you and to me? Let me give you a couple of verses to to kind of bring it home. Mark chapter 4, the Bible says this, pay close attention to what you hear. So translation, if you're here in the service, if if you're watching online from the comfort of your home, or maybe you're in a vehicle, you're traveling, maybe you're going out of town, and you're listening to the message, what this, to me, what it means is when we hear God's word, We've got we've to lean in. We've got to, like, like we've got to take notes. Like, we've got to, like, okay, let, let, me, let me test what Pastor Alex is saying. Let me test the spirits, the Bible says. Like, I want to like dig in a little bit more. Okay, he said that. He mentioned that. But that's, you know what? I never thought of that thought. Let me write this down so I can dig in a little bit more. And when I get home, I'm going to do a little bit more research. Let me figure out what, the, what does this mean for me right now where I'm at. Pay close attention to what you hear. Bartimaeus, apparently he did that because he was blind. All he could do was hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So you want to know more? You want to be a wiser person? You want to grow as a human being? God's word says pay close attention to me. Look at the next verse. But for those who are not listening... You kind of sort of take it for granted, right? Because God's word is easy. It just, it's so, you know, we can access it so easily, right? But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. What is this talking about? I think he's talking about being faithful. What's in your hands? We preached that last week. What's in your hands, right? God wants you to be faithful with the little bit that you have. What are you doing with what you have? Paul in Romans 12, he says, he says, all of us have different gifts. Did you know that? Do you know you have a gift? The Bible says, if, if you have the gift of serving, then serve with passion. 
If your gift is given, then give generously. If your gift is to lead, then lead diligently. If it is to encourage, then be the best encourager that you can be. Some of you, uh, you have the gift of teaching. Well, be the best teacher that you can be. Whatever God's given you, whatever gift you have, whether it's communication, whether it's the gift of mercy, man, do it cheerfully. Whatever gift he's given you, what God is saying, use it to the best of your abilities. Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he could hear. He was going to use that. Here's the takeaway. Let's put it up on, on the screen. Don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget what you do have. Boy, man, do I need this. Often in my life, I am looking at my lack, and I'm not looking at what God has already given me and he's already blessed me with. And it's, all, it's often the people who did not show up. It's not the people that showed up. Oh, it's Memorial Day weekend. Nobody's going to show up. So immediately the focus is on the negative. Don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget what you do have and so you're here today and you're like Alex if you knew my life you know that it's a mess if you knew my life you know that it's it's falling apart my world is falling apart I'm a broken vase my heart is just broken into a thousand little pieces I mean I am just I'm, I'm a broken ship I am going down if that is you if that's your sentiment is that's where if that's where you're at right now I want you to hear me out. Allow Jesus to love on you. Some some of us don't know how to receive his love, how to accept his love. Allow Jesus. He can can hug you so tightly that all of your broken pieces can stick back together. Think about that. Let me say that again. If you allow Jesus to love you, he can hug you so tightly that all of the broken pieces, your broken heart, all of them, can stick back together. He took dirt, he took dust, right, from the earth and created a human being. Don't you think that he can put your broken heart back together? He can, he can do that, and he can, he's the God of the resurrection. And so, so you know, Bartimaeus, he, could only, he couldn't, couldn't see a thing he could hear. And he did not allow the negative, he did not allow the lack to be what would determine his, his destiny. You're not the sum total of your of past fractures. You have a name. Don't focus on what's, what's lacking. And here's the thir- third thing that I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to seize your day. And we'll talk about here in a minute what I mean by that. But isn't it true that whenever you're, you start to do something that's productive whenever you start on a project or you, whenever you take initiative whether it's work whether it's spiritual uh, whether it's with your family there are times in your life when you whenever you start taking the right steps what you will find is all of the discouragers along the way all of the haters isn't that true that usually like when when you know when you don't care about life everything's good but when you start like okay i'm gonna start going and you start being productive and you start doing the right thing you know usually you the discourager people discouraging are gonna be there discouraging people are gonna be the the negative voices are gonna be you know in your ear they're gonna criticize you they're gonna criticize your idea your project your initiative you know they haven't done a thing but they're experts at it isn't that isn't that the way it is like, like they're going to doubt, they're going to question you, 
They're going to tell you, they're going to doubt whether you can finish or not. They're going to give you looks, gossip, ridicule you behind your back. You know, here they go again with that diet. Or here they go again with the budget thing. Like they've done their budget like a thousand times, you know. Here they go again with this or that. They're going to, you know, they're another goal. You know, they're always setting goals. And they kind of give that look, right? I want you to see verse 48. In moments like this, I want to encourage you. See certain day. It says, many rebuked Bartimaeus. Many rebuked him and told him, shh, be quiet. What's he doing? He's, all, he's, all he's doing is, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's not doing anything wrong. All he could do is, he, you know, he's just listening. He's just here, and he, I, think he, I think that's him. I've heard the stories. I, I've heard the miracles. I think it's, yep, it's his voice, Jesus. He's calling out to Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But I love this. <laughs> I love this. But he what? He shouted all the more. I love that. I love that. He shouted even louder. Yes. You know? You know, I, just, I can just picture it. I love the determination. Son of David, he says, have mercy on me. What he ceased his day. Man, there's something to be said about having grit. There's something to be said about not giving up in life. There's something to be said about standing up for what's right. Having like, like that inner strength to do what's right. Having the integrity that, that you need to have that's challenging at times, especially when we live in a, in a corrupt world many times. This guy's been blind who knows for how long. And, and like I'm sure they made fun of him. I'm sure he was, a, he was rejected in his culture. He was damaged goods. But he's not going to be bullied any longer. And so they, he begins to shout, Jesus, have mercy on me. And everybody goes, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. Be quiet. And he shouted even more. You know, sometimes we, I think people have the wrong impression of Christianity. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you have to let people run all over you. Bartimaeus, he seized his day. Jesus is coming. He's not going to let anything distract him. He's going after it. And in the same way, here's what I'm challenging you to do. I'm challenging you to seize your day. Seize your opportunities. So let me, let me kind of make it as practical as I can make it. So the summer is right around the corner, right? And you may be here and you may like, you know, I don't know if I've ever done anything productive in the summer. Like the summers are just a time, just vacation. It's time to just, you know, just have a good old time. And you look at the last four years and it's like, this is a time when it's a party, you know, like this is just a good time for me. Here's what I want to, can I lovingly encourage you to do something different this summer? Like come up with, I, I don't know, like develop a new habit. Okay, like usually we do that at the beginning of the year, right? Why is it, why does it have to be the beginning of the year? Why don't you make it, why don't you do things a little bit different this summer? Why don't you set up some sort of goals for the summer? Like make, make some sort of summer bucket list. Like you're going to go see some friends. You're going to, you're going to accomplish some things. You're going to create a little bit of a different plan. Maybe, maybe you can delete that app that's wasting your time. And you know which one it is, right? You know, it's leaving you empty, so get rid of it just for the summer. Can I lovingly, lovingly challenge you for the next three months 
to be intentional about your day-to-day summer. I know it's a time to relax. As a church, I know it's a time to just kind of let loose. Man, God doesn't say, hey, it's the summer. It's time, you know, we're going to take a break from church, you know, like Memorial Day weekend, here it is. Woo-hoo, we'll see you in the fall, <laughs> right? No, make the best of the opportunities that God's putting in front of you. Father's Day is coming up. I want to challenge you. Man, we're going to have a baby dedication, car, motorcycle show. We're going to have a cook-off. This is not the time to fall asleep as a church. There's a ton of people that need to know the word. And so make it a priority in your life to invite someone, to show up, to be there, and to serve, to do whatever he's putting in front of you. Stop coming up with the excuses. Stop saying, I don't have this. I don't have that. Start making some memories. Start taking advantage of the opportunities that God puts in in front of you. Take those steps forward in what God's called you to do. Look in verse 49. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. I love this. This is so good. Call him. Isn't that awesome? When we pray and he listens, Jesus, the Savior, on a mission to save the world, Okay, stopped everything. I I would dare say there was nothing more important than the cross. True or false? If you're a believer, you would agree with me. He's on his way to Jerusalem. This nobody in that culture calls out his name, and he probably could, I mean, he has a, a couple of things on his mind, right? And the Savior stops and calls him. And so they, watch this, called the, to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. I love the fact that the people that were against him, God's using them right now to bring him to himself. And God can do the same thing in your life. The people that are, that are the oppo- opposing voice in your life, the people that are the distracting voice in your life, if he so chooses, he's so powerful, he can use those people on your behalf and it's it's them who come to him and so they they call to the blind man and they are now they're saying cheer up the same people that were going shh be quiet now come on on your feet he's calling you and all of a sudden they're having him deliver to jesus throwing his cloak aside he jumped to his feet and came to jesus watch this verse 51 what do you want me to do for you Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? At first, I thought it was a little bit of a weird question because, you know, you have a blind person. Obviously, that's probably, you know, they probably want to see, right? But I love, and we talked about this before, like when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's usually because he's trying to get to your heart. He's trying to figure out what's in your heart, okay? That's the purpose of his questions. And so what, what do you want me to do for you? I believe that God is asking you the same question today. You're listening to my word. You have some things in your heart. You, there are some things that you're wrestling with. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? It's so personal, what do you want me to do for you? And the very first thing that Bartimeo says is, give me sight. Nope. The very first word that comes out of his mouth is what? Rabbi. Rabbi. In the Greek, it's the, the word rabboni. Say it with me, rabboni. This is personal for him. 
This word is only showing up, it only shows up in the gospel one other time. When Mary Magdalene shows up to the empty tomb and he sees her risen Savior and she says, Rabbi, she's saying, My Savior, my Lord. Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? And he knows, and he's blind state, he can't see yet. He already knows. You're my master. He's declaring, you're my savior. You already know ahead. You know exactly what's in my heart. And he's declaring in front of all those people that probably doubted him for years, all the people who were saying, be quiet. Don't call the savior. He's not gonna listen. He's on a mission. He's too busy for you. You're not worth it. In the midst of all that, he says, you are my savior. You are my Lord. You are my boss. You're, you're my everything. He says, before, remember, what did he call him before? He's, he called him son of David. That's, that's the messianic title that was given to Jesus. He goes from son of David to Rabboni. He goes from religion to relationship. And he did not let that opportunity pass him by. It was personal for him. And I dare say that in his blind state, he could see better spiritually than many of us. And he says, says, I, I like to see, because he's also a human being. He knows that God cares, right? And for some of you, if, if God says today to you, like if he shows up in person, in flesh, and says, what do you want me to do for you? For some of you, it may be, Lord, man, if you could do anything, like I, really, I just pray for my kids that they grow up to serve you, Lord. Uh, or maybe, God, would you please heal our marriage? Or God, you know what's... You know, this drug addiction that this so-and-so is having. God, if you could answer any request right now, this is what I'm praying for. Or God, like, would you help my anxiety? Would you help with our finances? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I love that God allows us to express ourselves. And it's not always all spiritual, right? He knows, you know. I think that sometimes we try to fool God a little bit, you know. And he says, Rabbi, but he also says, I want to see. It's tangible, Verse 52, we're almost done. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. I love that the answer to his greatest need was his faith. The answer to your greatest struggle is your faith. And he seized his day. Immediately he received sight and what? What? Immediately he received sight and just went on his way, own way. Immediately he received sight and followed Jesus. He experienced the cross, the sacrifice. And I wonder if the very first thing that he saw was Jesus on a cross. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, just as we come to the end of the message, I don't know what it would have been like to, to have been there. Could you imagine? I've never seen this. I've never seen a blind man gain his sight I would have loved to have been there the truth is some of you today that's what's going to happen you're going to receive sight some of you you're, you're listening to the message you're watching from home and not physically but more importantly spiritually you're going to receive insight from God's word and you're going to go from son of David Messianic title that was given to Jesus to Rabboni, my master. 
And you too are going to make a declaration of faith and you're going to say, God, I'm done with religion. I'm going to focus on my relationship with you. And some of you right now, you need to say, Lord, I need you, God. Some of you right now, you need to cry out with the same passion that Bartimaeus had. And you don't care if the whole world is against you. You're going to cry out. And the more opposition that comes your way, the more you're going to shout, God, I need you in my life. I need you right now in my marriage. God, I need you to give me sight. Give me, restore my vision. I am living without passion. I am living from day to day without purpose. God, I ask you, please, Lord, do for me what no one else can do. I need your forgiveness, God, this very moment. So I wonder, how many of you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? By raising your hand. Yep, yep. You're reaching out to heaven. How many of you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? And you don't have to raise your hand. That's not the point. I do like to pray for you. Anyone else? You raise your hand, maybe online. You can let us know. If you text the word Jesus to our number um, we want a, a purpose for us to ask is so we can pray for you so just let us know just text that word Jesus to our phone number pastor pray for me there's something that's bigger than me in life right now and I need I need I need your prayers God I thank you so much that you've given us a name like the song, we are your children, Father. Help us not to focus so much on what we don't have that we forget what we do have. God, thank you for your word. and Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for a church that's, a, that's just so loving. God, thank you for the moments and the opportunities that you've placed in front of us. God, may we not neglect them. May we not forget them. May we not neglect our own children. God, when you put them in front of us this summer and we're tied up with life and it's crazy and it's, it's hectic, God, may we recognize, may we seize our day and recognize that they're there for us to love them, to share God's word. So God... We want to seize our day. May we be like Bartimaeus. May we have that kind of faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.